Well, um, the title of this morning's message is Gifts of Healing Part 3. So, what have we learned not to do when, we think, when it comes to the things of the Holy Spirit? Not to roll our eyes, and we? Not to show contempt. Oh no, healing again, or oh no, gifts of the Spirit again. No, we treat prophecies with eagerness, but we test them, don't we? And all the things of the Spirit, we, we receive with eagerness. Father, what are you doing in our midst? Lord Jesus, show us. But then we test them. We don't just fall for everything. We're supposed to test them. So, part three of Gifts of Healing this morning. And when I spoke last time, can you remember what the Apostle Paul wanted the church's faith to rest upon? Can you remember? It's a few weeks ago now. What did the Apostle Paul want the church's faith to rest upon? God's Word, yes, but if, uh, specifically in what he said at the beginning of his letter, he said, God's power, power. I want you, your faith to rest on God's power. And how did Paul encourage their faith to rest on God's power? Can you remember? Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We'll remind ourselves, because it's been a few weeks since we, since we studied it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 4. Paul said, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. So the way he helped or encouraged their faith to rest on God's power was with a demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power. Demonstration of the Spirit's power causes faith to rest on God's power. Can you see that? And like a wonderful, virtuous cycle, when our faith rests on God's power, guess what? We tend to see more demonstrations of the Holy Spirit's power. And when we see more demonstrations of the Spirit's power, guess what? Our faith rests even more on God's power. And when our faith rests even more on God's power, guess what? May, we may see more demonstrations of the Holy Spirit's power. And when our... <laughs> no. But you see the, this virtuous cycle, don't you? Have we been seeing recently an increase in faith in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit's power in our midst? Would you say that's a fair comment? We've, our faith has increased a bit. We're more expectant of what is God going to do in our midst over, over the last few weeks and months. And just as the scripture says that demonstrations, because we've been seeing demonstrations of the Spirit's power in our midst, and I'll mention a little bit more of those in a minute, but just as demonstrations of the Spirit's power help our faith rest on God's power, what else does the Bible say that faith comes from? What else does our faith come from? Hearing, like you were saying, Mark, hearing the word of God. That's another way that God increases or how faith in him comes is by hearing what he said. Okay, Romans 10, 17 says faith comes by hearing the word of God or the message spoken by God. So basically, faith comes and grows from two things I'm working out this morning. By hearing the word of God and by seeing it in action. Would you agree that they're both faith boosters? Hearing what God says and also seeing what God says. They both increase our faith in God's power. And guess what? The same Holy Spirit who wrote the scriptures that we hear 
is the same Holy Spirit who demonstrates the scriptures that he wrote about. Is that correct? The same Holy Spirit who spoke through the prophets hundreds of years before about the virgin giving birth to the Messiah. That was the Holy Spirit, wasn't it? Speaking through the prophets that there's going to be a virgin who gives birth to a child. And it's that same Holy Spirit who later, at the right time, caused Mary to be with child. Is that right? Holy Spirit spoke it years ago and caused it to be written through the prophets. And then he was the one who actually did it as well. And it's the same Holy Spirit who spoke and wrote through the prophets hundreds of years before. He then later, that the the Messiah would die and be raised to life in three days' time. And it was the same Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead, wasn't it? Scriptures say God raised him from the dead through the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's the Holy Spirit who writes it, who speaks it. Sometimes hundreds of years before, he actually does it. It's through the Holy Spirit that we hear and then we also see. Is that true? Yeah? He writes it and then he also demonstrates it. Is that correct? Yeah? The Holy Spirit writes it through human hands, doesn't he? The Bible says it's God-breathed, written as the, as the prophets were carried along by the Holy Spirit, they did and said. So... The Holy Spirit writes it through human hands and then he's also the one who carries it out, often through human hands. Is that correct? Not always, but often he chooses to work through human hands. So the things he's written about by human hands, he also later does through human hands. And it's the same Holy Spirit who inspired the Apostle Paul to write the 1 Corinthians 12 chapter about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Is it? That's the same Holy Spirit who wrote about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it's the same Holy Spirit who hundreds of years later, thousands of years later, is still demonstrating those gifts of the Holy Spirit through us today. Is that right? Yeah? And it's the same Holy Spirit who encouraged or inspired Paul to write the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians. And it's the same Holy Spirit who thousands of years later is still producing those fruit that he wrote about in you and I today. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. As a bit of fun, now I've got some bigger bags of chocolate here. All right. Curly whirlies and crunchy rocks. Now you're probably all going to be able to do this, but I can't. Only one person. We choose one person. Now the challenge is by memory to name all the. What we're doing first? All the. Fruits of the Spirit. All nine fruits of the Spirit. Can you do it, Jason? Yes, excellent. (laughs) Curly whirly or crunchy? Curly whirly. All right. Do you know what I'm going to ask next? Can anyone name, off, off memory, all the nine gifts as mentioned in... We know there are more gifts of the Spirit mentioned in the rest of the Bible, but the, in 1 Corinthians 12, there's nine gifts of the Spirit mentioned. Can anyone name all nine? Come on, <laughs> Mike, don't look it up and cheat. No, oh, we'll, we'll have best, best try then. Best try. Anyone can best try. What, 
Why do you know your gifts of the fruit of the Spirit, but you don't know your gifts of the Spirit as well? Okay, good. <laughs> You're aiming for the fruit, but not so much the gifts. Huh? Well, the gifts will come as, as and when you, you, know, you, you come across people. Yeah. Yeah. Is it though? We should be known for love. Yeah, we should be known for love. And Paul did say that without love, the gifts of the Spirit are empty. Correct? So we do need the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Okay? But I think what we're highlighting here is that there's a, there's a bit of an imbalance. The church is quite high up. Yeah. 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 Two, yeah. Yeah. Three, healing. Yeah. You're doing well. You're doing well. Okay, yeah, we've got we've got tongues. And also there's interpretation tongues, isn't there? And you mentioned healing. You've mentioned a word of knowledge. Faith. Wisdom, Te- well, teaching's not in the list of the, in the 1 Corinthians 12. It is later on. Discerning, yeah, discerning of spirits. Miracles. Prophecy. 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 Well done. Okay, we got there, didn't we? Okay. Uh, Andy was bold. Andy was... Andy. Okay. All right. So where am I? Okay, so we've got the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit. Now, whether it's... Uh, oh, actually, I firmly believe... It's obvious, isn't it, that the, the gifts of the Spirit are God's power at work. But I firmly believe that the fruit of the Spirit is also a demonstration of God's power at work. Wouldn't you agree? Especially if you're forgiving your enemies and loving your enemies. That is the power of God, isn't it? Uh, work in our lives. So they're both, the gifts and the fruit are power of God demonstrated in our lives and working in our lives. Um, and you could say that the fruit of the Spirit is a gift, is the power of God at work in a person. And you could say the fruit, sorry, the gifts of the Spirit are God's power at work through a person. So the fruit is in a person, the gifts are through a person. Okay? But whether it's the fruit or the gifts, I believe that he manifests both for one reason and one aim. Now, what might be the reason? Why does God manifest his fruit in your life and his gifts through your life? Why would, what's God's reason for that? What's his reason? Well, it's quite simple, and Andy's already spoken about it. Without, it, without love, it's empty, isn't it? It's nothing. So God's reason is love. He manifests his fruit and his gifts through the church because he's love. He loves the church and he loves the world. Okay, what's his aim? What do you think God is aiming for when he wants to, your power, his power to work in you through his gifts and his fruit? Glory of God, Glory of God. yeah, that's, that's one aim, isn't it? Yeah, bring people to him, okay. Raise Jesus up. Well, I would say all of those are correct. Sorry, Steve. Reconciling. I would say all of those are correct, but the one I've picked, he's got one aim, which is love. Sorry, one reason, which is love, and one aim, which is transformation. That's what I would say, transformation. His aim for the fruit is love. Sorry, his reason for the fruit is love. His aim is transformation. His reason for the gifts is love. And his aim is transformation. Both the same. So, uh, 
Think back to last Sunday, if you were here. Why did the Holy Spirit demonstrate his gifts of prophecy, words of knowledge and words of wisdom to Ruth, to Veronica, to Joan, and to Trevor? Where's Trevor? Where are you, Trevor? Trevor. And to Jonathan, through Michael, and to Jude. Why did the Holy Spirit manifest his gifts of prophecy, words of knowledge, and words of wisdom to all those people last Sunday? Encouragement, yeah? Well, it's going back to what we just said. What was the reason he did that? What was the reason the Holy Spirit spoke to these people last Sunday? Because he loves them, okay? And what's his aim, do you think? Transformation. That's what I would say. He, he's, his aim is transformation. So, because he loves them and wants to transform them and those around them. And if you think back to the words that were spoken, and if, if each word is true and comes to fruition, would more of Christ and Christ-likeness be the result to each person that the Holy Spirit spoke to last week? Yeah, that's the end. Yeah. Yeah. Transformation to become more and more in a relationship with Christ, but also like Christ. And if those words do come to fruition that were spoken out over people last week, we can think back to the words and think, yeah, if they're true and they happen, there will be transformation, more like Christ and more of Christ in their lives because he loves them and wants to transform them, but also he loves others and wants to transform others through them. That's why he manifests his power in our midst. Okay. Now, I came up with this statement last time, and I quite like it. So I'm going I'm to show it to you again. Is it there or is it hidden? There it is. The fruit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are a revelation and manifestation of the heart and hand of God. The fruits and the gifts of the Spirit are a revelation and a manifestation of the heart and the hand of God. I wonder if you'd agree with that statement. Yeah? When we see someone prophesying, when we see tongues and interpretation, when we see gifts of healing, it is a revelation and a manifestation of the heart and the hand of God in our midst. And what does it bring? Transformation. And why does he do it? Because he loves us. He's love. His motivation is love. However, I mentioned today about his motivation being love and his aim being transformation. So I thought, how can I join those words into what we've already, already written here? And this is what I put. So, the gifts and the fruit of the Holy Spirit are a revelation of his heart of love and a manifestation of his hand of transformation. So when we see the, the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit manifest in our midst or in your life personally, wherever you are at work or wherever you, whatever you're doing at home, they are a revelation of his heart of love to you and to others. And they are a manifestation of his hand of transformation to you and to others. Should we eagerly desire these spiritual gifts and the fruit? Should we expect them to be manifest in our midst in equal amounts, perhaps? Okay, right, where are we now? Now, ooh, here's another question for us this morning. It's been four weeks since Tianyu had her miraculous healing. Tianyu in the back there had her miraculous healing where we were talking about healing 
and suddenly she felt heat in her knee or knees, went home, no pain like she normally had. Next day, no pain, walked, ran, walked quickly to work, still no pain, has none, had no pain since that day. And I checked with Chan Yu this week. He said, yep, definitely no pain. Now, I asked Chan Yu, and we need to be transparent. When we see God moving in our midst, when we see the things that we saw last week through Michael's ministry, we need to be transparent and we need to check up on each other. Okay, we're not just meant to go, oh, well, you know, God does this, God does that. We need to be excited about it and expect more, but we also need to make sure, is this God? Is this real? Is this really the Holy Spirit? So for, for, for Trevor, you know, we should be checking up on Trevor. Trevor, how's, how's that? We're not in the service, maybe, but Trevor, we heard that word that Michael spoke over you. How's it been since? That sort of thing. Okay, so that's how you know if it's a word from God, if it comes about, isn't it? Okay, we sometimes get it wrong. Even, even people in prophetic ministry sometimes make a mistake. Okay, and if they do, they're only human. And it wasn't from God, it was just from them, or they just misinterpret it. Okay, that's why we need to test it. So, I asked Tianyu, how have your knees been? And she said, they've been pain-free, it's amazing. Then I said, how has this affected your faith? Since your healing on four weeks ago on a Sunday, how has it affected your faith? And this is what she said, I can honestly say it has brought me even closer to him, and now I have more of a personal relationship with him. So that gift of healing in our midst, has that brought about transformation? More Christ-likeness, more Christ? Yes. And Tian, you also share that, this is interesting, I never prayed for healing for my knees as I thought it was normal, part of my life. Now, we'll hear more of Chenyu's story another Sunday. There's, there's really interesting pits about, you know, did she live in Russia for a while and things like that, okay? <laughs> so we're here. I'm going to invite Chenyu to share more. But um, her family history was knee pain. Bro- uncles and brothers all had it. Sorry, our f- father and uncles all had it. They've died since. Both brothers and sisters have had it, still have it. So knee pain, that's just what we do in our family. That's just how it is. So she never prayed for healing for herself, but for, for, just thought, that's part of my life. Genuine, generally, I'm quite healthy, and I pray to the Lord for healing for other people who are in desperate needs or in pain. Really, it was a surprise to me. I couldn't believe it at the beginning. He is with us, cares us in big things and small things. Isn't that amazing? God's love and transformation at work. But here's the question. Tianyu had suffered with painful knees for five years, about five years. What was different about that Sunday four weeks ago? I mean, she'd never prayed for herself for healing, and yet she's sitting in a service, we're talking about healing, and then suddenly her knees start to heat up. No one's actually prayed for her or prayed for herself. What was different about that Sunday when for five years she's been struggling with this? Well, I reckon it might have something to do with the fact that we've been studying the subject of healing and the power of God for two weeks prior and making space for the Holy Spirit to demonstrate his power in our midst. Do you think that might have something to do with it? That that was the Sunday it happened for some reason? After all, faith comes by hearing the word of God and seeing the demonstrations of the Spirit's power. Is that right? So if we want to see more of the heart and hand of God, 
making known his love and transformation in our midst. Do you think it would be a good idea to hear the word of God a bit more on this subject, if faith comes by hearing? And expect the same Holy Spirit who wrote about it to demonstrate it too? Does he do that? Yeah. All right, let's do that then. Only for a short while. If you've already got your page open in 1 Corinthians 2, which you should have, flick a couple of passages or a couple of chapters forward to 1 Corinthians 4, verse 20. What's the first word? Who said that? Was that Maynard? You've already had a chocolate on you, Maynard. Those that shall have more shall be given. (laughs) Isn't that good news for us? If we've got one healing and we're hoping for more, do you reckon we can have more? Or that's it now? One healing for this year? No. Those who can be trusted with little can be trusted with much, Jesus said. Okay, 1 Corinthians 4, verse 20. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Now, there are probably many people who will go home from churches today, not this church I'm saying, but churches today, who will feel shortchanged because they didn't like one of the songs they sang. Does it happen? Or because they didn't get their birthday mentioned. Does that happen? People will go home from church feeling shortchanged because they didn't get their birthday mentioned. Or the fact that that sermon didn't do it for me. They'll go home feeling sad, feeling shortchanged, bereaved. But will there be anyone who goes home and puts their hand in their head, sorry, their head in their hands because there was no power of God manifest? Do you think the local churches around here, people will go home and sit there and go, oh. There was no power of God manifest in our church today. Yeah, we can all perhaps identify with these sorts of things, can't we? Just as Michael taught last week, the need to recognise our true spiritual inadequacies. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And what is the kingdom of God of? It's not a matter of talk, it's a matter of power we're just reading 1 Corinthians 4.20 so blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God which is a kingdom of power so if people want to mourn something instead of mourning the length of the sermon mourn the lack of power that transforms if you want to be disappointed go home and be disappointed that there wasn't much transformation God's hand and power didn't seem to be as at work as much as it was last week you can be upset and feel cheated because of that for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk but of power and that power of love and transformation flows from the Holy Spirit who visits once a year is that true? no, actually well the truth is the Holy Spirit arrives with Michael and then goes with Michael when he goes home is that true? no amazingly the Holy Spirit wrote, the, wrote through the Apostle Paul that each born-again believer is joined to the Holy Spirit. And that Jesus said the Holy Spirit would make his home with you and even in you. So wherever you go there, the Holy Spirit is, if you're born again, and he's come into your life to dwell, to stay. 
sealed, guarantee, it says. So the Holy Spirit is here. No matter who else is here, he is here when there's a believer here. So flick forward to 2 Corinthians 4. So go to the next letter of Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk but of power. And then 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7 says, But we have this treasure. Now what's the treasure? Well, the previous couple of verses tell us that it's the presence of Jesus shining in our hearts through the indwelling Holy Spirit. So we have this treasure, the presence of Jesus by the Holy Spirit dwelling in my heart, shining in me. We have this treasure in jars of clay, meaning our mortal bodies, to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. So true demonstrations of God's power will lead to God getting the credit. They point to God's power and not human skill. True demonstrations of the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit point to Jesus and they don't point to people's skill. It's a bit like the difference between Elijah and the prophets of Baal. The false prophets made all sorts of commotion and even cut themselves for hours and still no response from their God. And then when they'd done, Elijah called, calmly called for some water to make it even more humanly impossible to do what he was going to do. And then he spoke to God for about 30 seconds, and God made it clear that he was the Lord God Almighty as he brought fire down and consumed the water, consumed the uh, sacrifice and the altar. So... For you and I then, with this treasure in jars of clay, this power of the Holy Spirit, to show that this all-surpassing power is from God, we need to have the same attitude as John the Baptist. He must increase, and I must decrease. Or like it says in the NIV, he must become greater, and I must become less. Now that's whether you're talking about the fruit of the Spirit or the gifts of the Spirit. He, this treasure inside me, must become greater, and I must become less. Now let's turn to one more scripture about God's power concerning us. 2 Timothy, chapter 1. 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 7. It says, For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. The Holy Spirit that God gave us gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Now, how confident are you today that the Holy Spirit wants to give you self-control? Yeah, probably 100% maybe. How confident are you that the Holy Spirit wants to give you love? How confident are you that the Holy Spirit wants to give you love today? Probably the same, 100%. How confident are you that he wants to give you power? Maybe a bit less, I'm guessing. I mean, I might be totally wrong. Should we be confident that the Holy Spirit wants to give us power to transform? Transform us, transform others, yeah. Power to bring love and transformation to you and power to love and transform others through you. So how might we grow in confidence in the power of God? Just like we have confidence in the self-control part, in the love part, 
How do we grow in confidence of the power of God? Well, perhaps as we discussed at the beginning, or as I put in my notes, the begging, perhaps as we discussed in the beginning, hearing the word of God and seeing demonstrations, that's how we grow in confidence. Have we been hearing the word of God this morning about the power of God and his transformation in our lives? Yeah? Should we continue now to give the Holy Spirit time to demonstrate what he's written about? We've heard about it. Is he the same Holy Spirit who demonstrates about it too? Yeah. 